This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up, guys? It's Jake Burns. I am checking in live with you guys for the second night in a row. We are doing uh, more prospect study. We are obviously looking ahead to the draft as I can turn this fan off as the draft is now at the end of April going to be right in front of us um, going into May and and the countdown begins. So we're going to, like I said, after yesterday, we're going to continue to do mock drafts leading up to this thing, but we're going to continue to look at important position groups. We have not looked at corners yet. So we are going to definitely be looking at corners now, uh, guys that are of interest at 26 and potentially 59. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's Mock Draft 3.0 I put up. This will continue to be a part of our daily podcast regimen. I think it's important that we continue to study as many of these guys as we possibly can. And 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 I like I said, it's, a, it's, it's nice to go live on YouTube like this, but also make it a part of your listening experience if you listen to it on the OBR uh, Film Breakdown podcast because I think that's uh, that's obviously a, a nice way to connect with everybody and connect with, uh, you know, the growing audience. I think that this this channel continues to develop. So I'm going to bring in my good friend, Mr. Stephen Thomas, Mr. Mock Draft. How are you, my friend? Good, good, good. Uh, back with good. The, uh, the Hawaiian shirt again today. I think it's going to become a staple. It's a good theme. I like it. It's a... It's, uh, well, it was 33 degrees as the high where I'm at in Columbus today. So it was <laughs> it was it was definitely a situation where I needed to I, I need to have some some warm weather, which we're getting. But it was it was pretty cold today. So we're not going to waste any time. We are going to I'm going to try to look at the comments. And if you have something that you want to throw up, uh, feel free to, to comment on uh, the section and, and let us know if you have any questions or, or concerns or, or want anything clarified. We're just going to talk about the corners. We're getting closer to this important pick 26 that I think could, if you listen last night, we, we traded up to go get one of the corners here. Uh, they, they might listen, they probably won't do that, but it is something that they could do. Uh, that is an option. Uh, if they, if they feel like the right guy is there at pick 17, 18, 19, even into the early twenties, but more likely than not, they're going to sit at 26 or potentially trade down. So we want to look at guys who are of particular interest. So, we're going to start with a couple guys that we want to comment on, which is the first is Patrick Sertan. The second, this is a oddly enough, a cornerback draft that has a lot of NFL bloodlines running through it here. Obviously his dad was a fantastic cornerback in the NFL. And it feels like Patrick has been mocked, considered top 15 for a long time. Has any of that changed in your opinion, Steve? No, I mean, I haven't seen even a hint uh, um, that he might drop and, you know, oh, it's 10% chance he'll be there at 26, nothing. Uh, So 
I mean, you know, in this COVID year, we could be off by 40 slots on some guys, but he doesn't feel like he's one of them. There's nothing in his film or background or anything that we've heard that suggests he would even remotely be a possibility outside of some blockbuster trade up. Yeah, obviously one of the highest graded players for pro football focus. He's an 89.9 last year after a 2019 season at 83.5 overall grade. Definitely a first round projection for them. Uh, big outside corner snaps, not really many snaps in the slot this year, only 41 to 821 wide. So we're, we're familiar with how good he is, how, how well he's played. Uh, he's tested fairly well, 4-4-240, obviously, uh, 10-inch hands, 6-2-208, good length. So I don't think we see him in Cleveland. I don't think it's by virtue of not wanting him. It's just by virtue of not being able to uh, potentially get him. So like I said, good football player. Maybe not as elite as some of the corners we've seen come out and go earlier than this feels like maybe 10 to Dallas is a realistic opportunity there for Patrick. But, um, yeah, he's a good player. And, I, and again, I think they, they kind of compare him at pro football focus to Tremaine Johnson. That's probably being nice. Caleb Farley's the second name now. If you've been paying attention, you know Caleb was was dealt a tough blow. He 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 had some training, and he, he put out a video of himself running the 40, which in this – hyper-accelerated 40-yard dash offseason here. There's a 4-2-9 number they tried to throw out. Listen, he's probably a mid-4-3-4-4 guy. He's an exceptional football player. The problem is, A, it was it was kind of in the lead-up to this between, again, this is just social media draft minds, not anything from NFL names, but he was, he was in battle to be the first corner taken. So we kind of didn't pay attention as much to Caleb because – we didn't think he'd get to pick 26. Now it's even tougher because it's like, okay, he has what is now his second back injury. And now maybe he could be there at 26. But again, he's had a second back injury. So I just don't think that he's realistic for Cleveland in that regard that he's now had two back injuries, Steve. What do you, what do you yeah, think? it's it's similar to the thoughts on Jalen Phillips at edge. Um, if the medicals, because he got two back surgeries and an ACL, if it's consistently across the league bad enough that he drops to us why would we be the ones to take the chance and if the mm-hmm. medicals all check out and he's everybody says oh yeah he's great then the odds are he's not going to get anywhere close to us so i don't know i you never know with that kind of stuff back injuries never tend to improve over time even for young yeah. people um so uh, i don't know I, I like his i like him a lot plus he sat out last year so he opted out, so that's another thing that we don't know how Andrew Barry is going to react. But I mean, if it, if it, if if he had had tape similar this year to he had in 2019 and didn't have the second back surgery, yeah, I mean he, he's he's an absolute stud. But two back surgeries is nothing to even if it was minor, like they said, it's still a back surgery, so it's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, I mean, it's 2019. It was a 90.5 coverage grade. He was one of the best players in Super. football at the position in 2019, but. Again, we're weighing the odds here. We just don't see a world in which if he lands and is available at 26, there's a reason. He's too good. There is a major reason. And his reasons to me are even more dangerous than than Phillips. So we're going to talk about guys we think are realistic. Now, this young man kind of had floated at the end of the first round. Um, J.C. Horn is obviously Joe Horn's son. We talk about the NFL bloodline stuff. He's had great interviews. He's put out some quotes about loving the idea of coming to Cleveland. Uh, you know, because right now Cleveland's coming off a really good season. So most of these guys would say that. But listen, I, I he's an interesting player. He's a fantastic player on film. And then you saw the testing, which was a 10.0 Rascorge out of the charts uh, uh, testing ability that we saw from him. And and, and listen, that's 
it, it, I, I think he's put himself into cornerback two. Potentially, if he went first, if he went eighth, wouldn't top, shock top me. Eight yeah. wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Um, JC Horn, talk talk a little bit about what you know of him as a prospect. Yeah, personally, I would put him in the same category as Sertan. I, I don't understand why there are people out there saying that he could be around at 26. I mean, we, we moved up a bit to get him. Um, I guess I can see late teens, maybe if certain things happen in front of him, but it just doesn't. I don't know. I mean, I would love to have him. Of course, who wouldn't? He's a friggin' stud. Mm -hmm. But when we say realistic, I think we're at the low end of that scale. And I think you would agree with me on that. Yeah, I mean, he's got some tougher grades. His grades aren't great. 78.4 is 2020 season and 69.0 is junior season. But I think what they asked him to do was extremely challenging for a young corner. And we see here his ability to mirror double moves, as we see at the bottom of the screen here, is really phenomenal. Such oily hips, man, where in terms of a guy who never gets caught making many missteps, he does a lot of shade man coverage, which is the hardest coverage to play at that young age there in the slot, covering a slot fade. Really a technical player in terms of getting getting to the football at its catch point. In my opinion, the the very few wasted steps, the ability to get his hands on you and mug you, it's it's like a defensive back you would see typically Baltimore take uh, or a defensive back um, that for a team that just loves to run press man like you see at the bottom of the screen here. He will get down in your face. He has no fear in the world of being hit with a double move. Being being put in a space where he in a spot where he gives up space, like he just has no fear, and that's a big part of the challenge. You you, you can what's the popular phrase? You can go find cover two corners anywhere because it's just kind of holding down a certain area of the field. He is I will take your number one receiver out of the game type of mentality, and that's and there are guys who think that way, but guys who can't do that. And I think he has the ability to do that. Great click and close. Uh, nice, like I said, nice route processing. Understand enough physicality to to run guys into the sideline who are trying to be physical yes. with him. Uh, and I think that's important. You know, he never gets manhandled at the point of attack. He will turn and run with you effectively. Good ball skills, as we see there, going and getting a football down along the sideline. So listen, as far as what the Browns want to do, 6'1", 205, a guy who's a little bit different than Denzel Ward in terms of body type, um, but also has the ability to do what Denzel Ward likes to do. Um, I, I think that that's essentially a, the, the type of player they want. And this is a good question right here. And what traits the Browns are looking for from Bays here on, on YouTube I think they want guys who can do what Denzel does and what we're seeing from J.C. Horn here, which is guys who can who can do multiple things. Can they walk down and get in your – the Browns could not play any press man last year. They did not feel comfortable with it other than one player, and that was Denzel doing it. And if you if you can only do it to one side, it eliminates kind of coverages. You can only play certain types of coverages in disguise, cover six where you have a down corner look, or, or you're kind of giving away what you want to do. So I think that they want guys – uh, who can play man, Who's the, the, that if they want to play man-free and, and kind of rob, put John Johnson in that rob position and play a center fielder deep, they can do those things. So I think they want guys who can be physical and can do mere technique man-to-man. I, I definitely think J.C. Horn fits exactly what, what they're looking for at that position in terms of what I'm guessing they want to do. Um, um, he's also, if I, if I don't want to interrupt, um, but it, for the older guys like me, he's kind of in what Hanford Dixon used to like to do. He loves to get up and knock a guy off of his first step, just just loves it. And when you have a pass rusher like Miles Garrett, that's huge because if you can give him just that extra half a second, it can make a world of difference, not only on each play, but it can turn a game, which as we know, can turn a season. And you said something the other night, uh, it was either the last uh, mock or the one before that. It gets frustrating for those pass rusher guys when they know the, it's just impossible to get there before the ball is out. And so you, if you have a guy like Horn on one side, Denzel on the other side, 
it takes away those uh, the quick slants and the pop passes and all the stuff that we just got torn up with last year because we didn't have guys who could do that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like you said, if he would be there, I, I, I can't believe he'll be there. I think if they want him, they're going to have to do what we did and move up. But he mm-hmm. would be, to my eyes, and you're a better film breakdown guy than I am by quite a bit, quite a large margin, but I think he would be the perfect uh, fit. And something else not to, uh, to overlook, he doesn't turn 21 until November. So he's far from a finished product in more ways than one. Uh, that's a huge thing. Age is a huge guardrail for this front office because if you think about it, he's turning 25 at the end of his rookie contract. So, you know, that's a big, big deal. That's why they want those younger guys. So, yeah, there's really nothing not to like about Horn, I think, from a Browns perspective. Yeah, he won't be overwhelmed athletically. He's, he's like I said, it's a rare to see a guy who can get down in your face and 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 play comfortably every snap and get down in the grill of somebody without you know without ever really desiring to 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 play bail to play bail concept stuff and he's good at finding the football too sometimes those guys who play press don't find the football so well i think that's a part of what greedy williams struggles with because greedy has that mo too he can do some of that but greedy's not as physical he's not as strong in the upper body and he doesn't find the football as well and and obviously greedy's dealing with the shoulder issue so we you got to get a guy like this if you can that that's the biggest part. If you can get a guy like this uh, that fits alongside Denzel, so if J.C. Horn is available, he is the absolute. Uh, he's the absolute pick. I think he makes the most sense for what they want to do, the type of player they want. Um, and and man, even if you got a healthy greedy, it's that that makes a dynamic group because he can play oh, the absolutely. slot too. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr., another NFL bloodline guy, is up next. Uh, Florida State prospect. Uh, we'll talk about him. What do you what do you got initially on him in your study process here? He plays a lot uh, similar stuff, I think. He's just, he's smaller. You know, he's 5'10", 186, I think is what he named, uh, weighed out at his pro days. But that doesn't mean he's he's he can't play on the outside. I see a lot of people saying, oh, he's a slot guy only. First of all, that's not an insult like it was years and years ago. I mean, oh, yeah. three, four, three, four, five wides are the norm now, and you need those guys over the middle who can cover. It's a valuable, valuable skill set. But he only lined up in the nickel for 11 slots, I think, for Florida State this past year. So uh, now, obviously, you're uh, before he's you're not going to put him one on one on the outside with Chase Claypool in the red zone. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I mean, you're giving up seven inches. It's just, that's not something smart to do, but for most guys who aren't six, four, six, five, like that, he plays bigger than his size and he can handle it on the outside. So plus I think he's going to be there more 
in the range that they want, either at 26 or after a small trade down. If you trade down to the mid 30s, I see a lot of uh, really respected draft people saying 30s, 40s is, is a good range for him. So I think as far as the word realistic goes, he's the first one that's really truly right in the middle of that realistic uh, uh, radar. Yeah, he's he's like you said, a little smaller, uh, but it, that doesn't change his ability to, to play guys even bigger than himself. Five forced incompletions last year, five coverage stops, only three missed tackles, 466 wide snaps, only 15 slot snaps, but... I, I just the change of direction ability, the balance. I like all of it. He's got a great feel for what routes are coming into his, his vicinity and and man and zone. And I, I, I listen. He's a nineteen point seven percent forced incompletion rate uh, was was the worst he's been able to put up in college. So I just think he's a he's a good football player, man. And I, and I think he would fit into what they do, and the value would be right. And I'd have no no problem whatsoever with them taking this type of player at twenty six. He, he would fit the mold for me. I'd be. I'd be completely fine with it. So uh, we'll move on. We'll keep going. Eric Stokes is up next from Georgia, a uh, young corner here. Talk about what you know of Eric Stokes. He's one of those guys whose range, and there's a bunch of them uh, in this class that are like this. His range is kind of all over the place. I've seen him, <clears throat> excuse me, I've seen him middle to late first round on some boards. I've seen him as low as early to middle third on some other boards. So uh, there's a bunch of corners between late 30s to about pick 90 that it's kind of what's your favorite flavor. You know, it's going to yeah. matter on scheme fit and each individual team, what they value and what they don't value. He, he ran that. Everybody saw the blazing 40. He ran like four, two, five or something like that. I don't see him play that fast. Uh, not that he's slow on tape, but that's just ridiculously fast. Um, he I don't can see, be, I don't see the first change of direction, but you're, you're right. right. I think, I think he's fast, but, but the, again, there's, I talk about this all the time. There's, there's fast, and then there's guys like Tyreek who can climb to top speed in like two steps. It's just like I don't think he has that. He's a burner. He's a slow burner type. But like you said, when he gets going, he can he can really move. Obviously, bottom of the screen yeah. on this. One. Yeah, he he can be, and he's shown uh, at times he can be pretty damn sticky. He can be like sticky as warm honey in coverage. But then there are other times where, and and I, I, you're better at this than I am. It just doesn't show up. Um, he's he's a fighter at the catch point, which is great. Uh, but he didn't. Uh, pick off any balls until this past year. He's uh, Samuel has really soft hands. Samuel has the hands of uh, of a wide receiver. This uh, uh, Stokes has the hands of a corner. Would agree with that. Definitely agree with that. He did finally, like you said, make some plays. His, his total. He's got a ton of experience. Three years of of over four hundred snaps, which is mm -hmm. which is fantastic. He did dip to a seventy two point five overall grade this last year. Um, with, with again, mostly predominantly outside corner snaps, but not a ton of you know only two forced incompletions, only two coverage stops. Uh, so, so some of those things on the football did not make a big impact this year. He he did have four, finally have four interceptions, but like you said, none in the previous two years was six seventy seven and four oh six. So look, he's a, he's a, he's like like you've said, they project him all the way down the fourth round of Pro Football Focus. I think he's going to go far higher than that. He tested well enough that he's going to go higher than that. Um, but but you know, it's a pick your flavor type. Do you do you want this? Do you want somebody like this who can run? Uh, who's who's fine at the ball's arrival point, but maybe he isn't going to make as many interceptions that are of of the challenging nature, right? He's going to only make plays that are kind of handed to him. But again, it's it's what what position is this a better pick at fifty nine kind of thing? So uh, Eric Stokes is, is presents an interesting skill set, and I think one that they'll be very interested in uh, if they if they, I don't think twenty six, but I think they could definitely see them maybe getting him uh, pick fifty nine, or if they trade down is is relative possibility too. I would agree with uh, that, yeah. Yeah, just uh, like I said, overall solid football player who will who will um, 
due to the athletic traits, I think have a pretty good run in the NFL, have a chance to have a pretty good run in the NFL. Doesn't really bite on double moves, essentially. I think he plays he plays the football really, really well and doesn't doesn't find himself looking at hips too often and getting beat. So yeah, I, it's again, what what are they looking for in the position kind of thing? Because he can be a player. He can be a player in the right scheme. Is this a scheme that they want to put him in? We'll have to see about that. You see him making some. We've kind of highlighted his his plays on the football here, which is, uh, you know, four interceptions, a nice nice production. We'll talk about next Melifanwu, Fetu Melifanwu. I could be pronouncing his first name wrong, uh, but yeah, I'm trying my best here. They don't pay me. Fatu, Fatu. So sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a body type, man? This guy's six three mm. and some change, two hundred and some change. What do you like about him? Oh, I love everything about him. If, if anybody who follows me on Twitter is annoyed with seeing his name by now, he's because he's one of my favorite guys uh, in the whole class. Like you said, uh, you know, he's six two and a half. Uh, I think he was two sixteen uh, at the pro day, and then ran four. You know, between four four two and four four eight, depending on which watch you believe. So the great thing about him is he's one of those guys that has the versatility, like Samuel uh, and Horn. He's he's fast enough. Uh, to stay with guys down the field, but he's also big enough. He's big enough to stay with the Chase Claypools and that. And he played a lot in the slot and can do free safety uh, responsibilities as well. So he's a guy that you could line up. There's a lot of really, really big athletic tight ends in the AFC that we're going to have to get through if we want to get to the promised land. He can come in and help you with those guys too. And the thing I love about him the most, uh, everybody that, uh, that I've read from several different places, he is a genuine film rat. He just loves to study the tape, which gives him, and you'll see it in some of these plays. I think this second, yeah, this is it right here. He he knows what's coming. You can just tell by the way he moves. He saw that on film and he just went up and did it because he knew what was coming. I love a guy like that. Yeah, the ability to, to even when you bite a little bit on a move, be able to to quickly get your hips adjusted and get running mm-hmm. with the next concept is it's important. And he's got the physical tools. Does he always play physical all the time? I don't know if he always plays physical or can handle physical players around him. He has the ability to do so. There's a little bit of consistency in question there. But a guy who, like I said, the 6'3 the and change and, and rare, rare physical skill set that make him so, so appealing, the same way his brother was in terms of a 44-inch vertical and some craziness. Uh, but can he apply himself to, like you said, be a better film study guy, uh, play with better anticipation, use those physical gifts in a more impactful way will be important for his uh, eventual longevity. They project him as a round two or three guy. I've seen a lot of mocks where he's available at pick 59, um, but I've also seen some that move him into the first round. So I have – it's a little bit all over the board. I, I would just love to see them find a way to come away with him. He does not have really many. He only has, I think, 16 slot snaps his whole career. So he's a true outside corner. And you said it, 4-4-8-40, uh, really good 42-inch vertical uh, 134 inch broad, but again, eight, eight and seven, five hands, 32 and three fifths arms. I mean, he's 90, he's above the 90th percentile height and weight at the position, 16 bench reps. So he's strong. You look at some senior bowl snaps there with the one-on-one, just the click and close, man, his feet are alive. I, I think he's just going to be in a, a pretty solid NFL corner. Uh, I'm not sure he'll ever be fantastic, but you don't necessarily need fantastic. You need solid. And another guy who's pretty solid here is Greg Newsom, Northwestern product. Talk to me about Greg Newsom. Yeah, I mean, another guy that uh, he's got pretty much everything you could want, and his film was fantastic. The, there's two issues that I see uh, with Newsom. One is just a you know, pretty thin resume. He only played, I think, 17 total games uh, across three seasons at Northwestern, and part of the reason for that is the second issue, uh, he was dinged up uh, three separate times. He, he missed nine games as a freshman with an ankle, 
missed four more games in 2019. And then, you know, Ohio State fans know he suffered that groin injury early in the Big Ten championship game this year. But in 17 games, he broke up 21 passes. So you can see it here. He he. He does. There's not a lot of space between him and his guy very often. You, he has that what you talked about uh, when we were looking with Melifonio. Even when he bites a little bit, he can flip around and, and close that gap in a, in a hurry, and then he's wicked at the catch point. So if they're okay with the lack of data, uh, relative lack of games, and uh, uh, the, the injury history, none of them have been major, but there is an injury history there, Newsom should definitely be on the radar, radar in that early day two range, I think. Yeah, and I I've seen some people think that if they someone likes him enough, he could be a late first round pick. And one of those teams that could, could like be. him enough is is Cleveland because I think he's got an accelerated feel for route concept, where his man is going. I think he closes really well. I think he finds the football effectively enough to make plays at the NFL level, and he's comfortable playing off. Not all guys are comfortable playing off, man. A lot of guys like to close the gap. Not all guys are comfortable playing with space, and I think he plays with space pretty effectively too. When you're playing cover three, when you're playing quarters, he's comfortable in those roles. And I, again, I that could be something Joe Woods' defense really wants. It's always hard to tell after one year of Joe Woods' defense what he right. really wants from the position. So again, they they could crave somebody who's comfortable in zone and also adept enough to get down like we see here and shade somebody on different two or three break kind of routes with staying in, in a hip pocket. So a good mixture of skill set there from uh, from Greg Newsom. Then lastly, we're going to talk about Kelvin Joseph, who has been up and down. We've seen his name buzz. God, man, it's, I've seen him sneak into the first round of some random mocks, but then a guy who maybe um, you know could could creep into round three if if somebody doesn't love it. It's an up and down tape journey for Kelvin, but the skill set is there, man. Yeah, absolutely. And he's another guy with a short resume. He only played seventeen games across two seasons. One at LSU. Uh, one at Kentucky. I've heard there are um, questions as to why he left LSU. I know nothing about those. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, supremely confident, we'll say. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be nice about it and say he is supremely confident. But yeah, tested like a like a monster today at uh, Kentucky's Pro Day. I haven't seen the official final numbers, but Every every tweet that I saw said he was just crushing it for low four threes and and jumping all over the place, great in the drills, uh, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's tall, he's long, he's fast, he's aggressive, um, but he's raw. That's the thing with him. I don't think if they take Joseph, he should be the only one that they take because I think putting him into too much snaps, asking him to jump in right away and give him too much responsibility could be doomed for his career. He needs to ease in slowly just because he hasn't played a lot of football. Yeah, covering Devontae Smith here. I, listen, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know that he consistently displays route concept understanding. He can sometimes find himself getting lost in space occasionally, a little more than you would like to see, but the physical tools are there. He's played mm. against big-time competition. 17 games, but against big-time competition. Right. You play the SEC, you play people that can run, that can that can jump, the guys that are in the NFL-type athletes. Uh, but But – you know, it's a matter of what they can they can they take a player like this who's a young player and do they think they can mold him into the type that fits? And they got to think too. It's like if some of these comes come down to what they do early. If they pick it, if they take an edge at twenty six, then they start kind of shifting their focus and looking at fifty nine. And maybe Kelvin Joseph's the guy they're interested in fifty nine. They got these guys pegged in ranges. I like that come up and tackle play right there. So they got these guys pegged in sort of ranges. So I, I'm interested. I like Kelvin Joseph. I think there's a little bit of route reading, understanding that I think all these things there, but the fluidity solid. So I could see them liking that type of player. But, uh, you know, what do we give here? Six names of guys that I think are interesting. I think guys that they could definitely be in the ballpark for 
players that make plays on the football. Uh, it's a deep corner class. I will say this, and I'll let you kind of close this out here, Steve, is that it's a deep corner class. There are guys we didn't even mention here. Um, you know, Paulson Adebo, there, there's there's Trill Williams, the, the other Syracuse corner. There are names we didn't even mention here. So, you know, kind of close talking about the corner class and guys throughout. Maybe some names that we didn't even mention here, Steve. Yeah, that's exactly what I was purposes we didn't we didn't mention Adebo who I'm growing hotter on personally Elijah Molden testing wasn't what you wanted but it wasn't anything you didn't see on tape his instincts or what are what sell him we didn't talk about uh St. Juice who I know you like a lot uh, the other Georgia corner Tyson Campbell has a lot of fans um uh, Ambry Thomas at Michigan is a wild card because he uh, opted out I mean there, there's so many guys even down into day three there's there's a whole bunch of names that uh, at the right value and in the right situation, you grab another guy and maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. But I think the good thing about this is, even though Farley, Sertan, Horn, uh, probably all going to be out of our reach, there's there's not a significant drop off until you get you know beyond the fourth round. There's like I said, there's probably you can make a case for as many as ten, but probably more like six or seven guys in that forty to ninety range. Go around to different boards and look at, I mean, the really respected draft minds that put out great boards. You'll see them at 42, and then you switch over to the next board, and they're at 65. It's And then the next board has them flipped right back the way they were. It's all a matter of scheme fit, what they think, and what, they're, uh, what they want to do uh, at that spot. So I think... Unless Horn is in, the, in, uh, is in the picture at 26, I think if they're going to take a corner... Uh, probably a short trade down or maybe a trade up from 59 is is yeah. probably the most likely thing. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they take at least two total in this class. Maybe not too early. I've done it sometimes where I pick them at 26 and 59 back to back. But I think at least two just because they need more depth back there. They don't have a lot of guys they can count on that are under contract beyond this year. Yeah, great analysis. I think I, I... – they they have an option. The thing I like is is do you like the players that could be at each pick, through it pick ninety one even up to pick one ten. There are a ton of great options, and there are yep. some dartboard guys who are in the end who are very interesting too. So, uh, I I love the need to feel like you need corners. This is a draft, a good draft to feel like you need corners. So I'm excited about that. So, you know, that's the point of what we do. We're going to preview some of these guys, quick hitters like this, but once they actually make those selections and, and, and we'll talk about them live during the draft, but we'll also talk about them really in depth afterwards and come in here and do more film rooms on, on who these guys are that they pick. So again, we're learning about Andrew Barry as we go. We've gotten one draft of information from him and one, you know, one full off season, we're, we're still kind of calculating the type of players that Joe Woods wants or the type of players that maybe the Browns have uh, in their in their cornerback guidelines because maybe you don't want to pick for your defensive coordinator because you never know who it's going to be. You could take another job, whatever. They might have guidelines of body types and testing numbers that they really like. So we're, we're gathering data as we go. So these are the top prospects. If you have questions about what we said or anybody we said, fire them to us, tag us in the Ask the Insider section at the OBR. Do take advantage of the $1 offer for your first month to test us out where you get plenty of content like you see here with the film rooms and write-ups and daily mock drafts that Steven does. We're doing daily film rooms now. Uh, we have everything you could conceivably want as a Browns fan. And if you're listening to the podcast, please like and subscribe. And if you're on the YouTube channel watching this, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We love that 
you get alerted anytime we go live for videos like this. And we are going to be doing nightly. I at least am going to be doing nightly uh, podcasts that will that will feature some content in about 20 to 30 minutes a night. And we are at the 30 minute now. Mark here. This is this makes for a perfect video, Steve. You're the man. Thanks for coming on. I hope everybody enjoyed it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.